Thanks for joining us for the final episode of Season 5 of the Hospitality Hangout, hospitality-focused podcast, where the founders of Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology, uh, and innovation leaders are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy, and I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the Restaurant Guy. Thanks for that introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, we are the personalities behind branded strategic hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. Jimmy, we had a great show. And I got to tell you, I cannot believe that it is the end of what season was it again, Jimmy? Season five. Oh, and they said it wouldn't last. I mean, we're going to be, I got to tell you, we're going to have more seasons than Seinfeld pretty soon, aren't we? Which is really exciting because then we get syndication and all that kind of stuff. And that's where the, that's where the big money comes in, by the way, Jimmy. That's what I, I want to know if we're getting five year jackets. That's what I want to know. Do we get in five year jackets? Oh, of course we're getting five year jackets, Jimmy. Nice. Listen, before we get into it, we got a great show. I just wanted to tell everybody about something that's been on my mind for the last couple of days as we head into the uh, the holidays. I got to tell you, Jimmy, I've been thinking about the marketplace a little bit, and it's the branded marketplace. Um, do you know about this? I, I, I Please tell me more, because I actually thought you were going to bring up the whole how much oil will last for Hanukkah in eight days. But now that I know that, that that's not what's on your mind, please tell me. Yeah, what's no, on no. Your Hanukkah mind. is so past. You know, <laughs> know. Christmas is past. Now it's like New Year's. I'm thinking New Year's right now. The branded marketplace, Jimmy, we are connecting right now, Jimmy. We are connecting the best technology companies with all the operators, every restaurant operator, every hotel operator, everybody who needs technology is connecting on the marketplace with the most incredible tech solutions out there. So if you want to get on the marketplace, Jimmy, just email me at marketplace at brandstrategic.com. We can onboard you right away if you are a tech company, innovation company, et cetera. And if you are an operator and you want to find a solution that's going to help you solve all your problems out there, go to the brandedmarketplace.com and all of your dreams will come true, Jimmy. But, Chatsy, this sounds incredible. How much must this cost? <laughs> Jimmy, and that's the greatest thing about this thing. We have priced it incredibly well for uh, this inflationary time. We've made it zero. Zero dollars for everybody, Jimmy. Zero. How, how are we going to make any money? Jimmy, you're the finance guy, and I said to you how are we going to make money, and you said volume. Oh, that's you what you told me, so I'm going to stick with that. <laughs> Jimmy, let's go. we got a great show. Right. We don't have a lot of time. Yes, let's get into it. We do have a great show. Thank you for that shameless self-promotion plug on our marketplace. And now let's jump into the episode. We are thrilled to have our friend and our guest, uh, Mr. Rob Carpenter, founder and CEO of Valiant AI. Um, this is an exciting guest. We've been talking about this uh, space a lot. Um, Rob, we'd love you to take the lead. Give a little introduction and background on yourself and, of course, Valiant. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, to start off, is your marketplace solving all problems? Because I got to tell you, I've got a two-year-old that's not sleeping through the night. So if you could help me out with that, I'd problem really problem appreciate solved. that. <laughs> check, check that box. Shatsky, you, you just come to the house, right? Yes. And you, you there is on nothing, the baby at yes. 3 a.m. Nothing the marketplace does not solve. <laughs> well played. Well played, Rob. Way to start us off, right? Well played, sir. I got well you played. Guys. Um, yes. Yeah, look. Uh, so I'm the CEO and founder of Valiant AI. Start of the company five years ago. And what we do is we automate order taking in quick serve restaurants. So as you might have heard, there's a little bit of a labor crunch out there. 1.7 million unfilled positions across the hospitality industry right now. So what we do is stick revolutionary cutting edge technology into your restaurant, greets customers, answers questions, takes the customer's order and then submits it directly into the point of sale system, making the operators and the employees' lives easier. And along the way, what we see is anywhere between a 5% to 20% increase in top line revenue. 
So if you're doing one to two million a year, you can add 20% to your top line overnight while solving a labor problem. Wow. That's all I'm going to say. And Jimmy's the finance guy, and I know he's wowing right now. Hey, listen, before we take a really deep dive into Valiant and everything going on there, let's go back to the beginning. Yeah. It was 1974. When were you born? 84. 1984 was a cold day, Jimmy. I'm from Alaska. I'm from Alaska. It was a cold day. Mrs. Carpenter (laughs) didn't feel so good, and she realized, no, just kidding. Uh, let's, (laughs) Let's go back. Is it true? Is it true from my notes here that the idea for Valiant was actually sparked by Rosetta Stone at the British History Museum? Because I got to tell you, my wife, Jillian, has been using Rosetta Stone to speak Italian. And by the way, still very little Italian coming out. (laughs) So uh, so give me a little bit of the background story. Rosetta Stone, British History Museum. Tell me about this. How to get started? What happened? Yeah, man. So I was in the British History Museum looking at the Rosetta Stone, important piece of human history, helped us translate ancient hieroglyphics. And it's got a bit of a conflict-based background. It was stolen by the French under Napoleon. They got into a fairly epic naval battle with the British, and the British kicked their asses and took the Rosetta Stone from them. So you fast forward to 2021, and there's a lot of people out there that are unhappy that the British are sitting on the Rosetta Stone. So as a result, there's not really a lot of information about it in the British History Museum. So the core initial idea for Valiant, which we will eventually get to, is the idea of automating customer service in physical locations. So what the very first version of Valiant's product was, was effectively a holographic employee. So imagine a transparent OLED display, which is effectively a piece of glass merged with a flat screen TV, and we render a five and a half foot tall digital person. And her name was Holly, and she could blink her eyes and lean in. And the idea was that she could carry on a conversation with you. Depends. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I'm just thinking. <laughs> so the the core idea here is that she could sell you a cheeseburger. She could check you into your hotel room. She could give you information to get around a college or hospital campus. She could help you check out at the grocery store. You name it. We thought at the time that conversational AI was a solved problem. So we're like, hey, we'll grab the tech from Google, Amazon, IBM. We'll slap it into the holographic employee, and we'll roll out this really cool technology to the market. Um, as we look around, there is not uh, holographic employees or automated customer service in many places. And that's because this technology is extremely hard. So we pivoted the business because if we were ever going to be able to bring this holographic employee to market, we would first have to solve the problem of conversational AI. So we've effectively spent now the last four and a half years hyper-focused on solving conversational AI. And right now it's for restaurants. Eventually we want to roll it to hospitality in general. And then we would look to, in the future, take it to additional industries beyond that. I love it. There's a lot there to unpack. A lot there, Jimmy. I got to tell you, I love I love the way this direction is going. And chats, you you were dabbling in uh, programming, uh, uh, voice AI and stuff. Where 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 did you do that as a hobby? Oh yeah, yeah. of course. That's that's my side gig. I love it. Yes, you it's, your side, it's your side hustle. Listen, hey, hey are you a, looking there's... for a job? I mean, we're always trying to hire smart people. <laughs> well, you came to the right place, baby. 
<laughs> Chat, you're fully engaged with Brandon. Okay, listen, there's a line uh, we use often um, as it pertains to hospitality tech, and that it's really the importance of a company that is solving real problems as opposed to uh, a company or a product that is in search of the challenge or the opportunity. You know, you had one of those moments when you realized um, in terms of uh, the problem with AI with your hologram was not actually um, a, a, a solved problem. What was your aha moment when you decided to pivot the company to conversational AI? You talked about the hologram and now you're doing conversational AI. What was your aha moment? Yeah, our aha moment was, wow, it really sucks to talk to this thing. <laughs> very reality based yeah yeah it's like okay if i'm very very specific and say i want a cheeseburger and a coke it had about a 70 percent accuracy rate maybe holly didn't like you was it possible <laughs> very possible yeah i think after we kept harassing her for not getting our orders correctly <laughs> um so we spent about six months like just really grinding trying to fine tune that sort of quote unquote off the shelf technology and we really just came to a roadblock where we felt like we had really pushed what the current version of the technology was capable of and it was a long ways away from a production ready product so it was either hey pivot from this entirely and go somewhere completely different or really double down and figure out conversational AI. And there's a couple of really key pieces of technology that exist under the surface. And so effectively, we took on building all those key pieces to the system ourselves. Unbelievable. So listen, Rob, I mean, robotics and AI, we hear the words a lot. We hear them thrown around a lot. AI, we hear thrown out all the time. Look, it's in its earliest stages. It's breaking into hospitality now. Certainly robotics have been around in a lot of industries. AI has been around in a lot of industries, but we've never really seen it in hospitality. And everyone is talking about robotics and AI in hospitality. For many of our listeners out there, I'm sure that this is completely foreign, that there is robotics and AI, and AI, AI blah, blah, in <laughs> hospitality at all. So can you walk us through a little bit of the life cycle of an order and how the cliff notes, the simple, don't get too technical now, of how it works. I'm in my car and I said, I'm hungry. I want a burger. Take it from there. Yeah, absolutely. So customer who wants that delicious burger will then pull into the drive-thru. The present sensor that's underneath the concrete will sense that the car is there. And then we have a patent pending piece of technology called the NX1A that we install directly into the restaurant. And it hooks Wait, what was it called? I'm writing it down. NX1A. Jimmy, is this breaking news? I, I'm not sure if you broke the news, but let's go for it. Why not? Because I got to tell you, the NX1B was not so good. The NX1A, much, much better. better. Much, see, I see, had the, the BGM, I hated it. I returned it immediately to Amazon. Point. <laughs> yes, I apologize. Go ahead. NX, NX1A is the best. Obviously the best on the market. <laughs> and so then the NX1A senses that a customer's there. So it'll say, hey, welcome to the restaurant. I'm your automated order taker. Order when you're ready. And the customer will say something like, I want a double checker burger. That audio then flows into our system and three really key things happen. And one of the, the core uses of AI in our company is speech to text. So we take those audio or wave files from the customer, the AI analyzes it, and it outputs text. That text then flows into our natural language processing system, which then adds intents. In this case, it's 
add one checker burger with a modification of a double. And then it submits that into our natural language generator. But you could also think of it as just the brain or the common sense engine. And so then the common sense engine is going to say, okay, this customer wants a checker burger with a modification of double. Do we serve that product? Is it the right day part for it? Do we have that product in stock? Is there a missing component to that? Like in this use case, maybe I need to ask you if you want to add cheese or bacon to it. Or maybe I need to say, hey, do you want to make it a combo? Or do you want to make it a large combo? Or would you like to add a drink? There's a lot of branching pieces of logic that go out from there. And then all of that happens in that natural language generator. So let's say in this case, it just wants to upsell you a combo. So then the natural language generator will output text. Would you like to make it a medium or large combo? We convert that back to audio. We send that back to the headset system so that the employee is able to hear everything the customer and the AI are saying to each other. And then we send it out to the speaker in the drive-through. And let's say in this example, the customer says, you know, sure, I'll take a large. Can I also have a Coca-Cola? And that's it. And that audio all flows back to the brain. The brain then injects that order into the point of sale system. It gets a total from the point of sale system, structures it on its own into a sentence, and then sends that back to the customer. Well, it'll say, great, you know, I have a double checker burger with a Coke, you know, large combo. Your total is $9.61. Please pull forward and pay at the window. And you have now automated that entire transaction. And how, well, how long does this all take? It sounds like this is 20, 30 minutes. God. <laughs> That's one of the joys of drive through is if you're not under two minutes, you're getting frustrated phone calls. from. So people. all this is happening within seconds? Yeah, yeah. Each component of the system, and there's probably about 10 core systems under the surface that touch a transaction, a, a individual, let's say, intent of a transaction. So every little component that I talked about has to do their specific tax tasks in about 200 to 300 milliseconds. So let me ask you this. Was, I have it, like, was it hard? I have like, yes, it was hard. Yeah, no, it sounds hard. But like, <laughs> like when I go to my house and I say like, Alexa, play something on Spotify, is it like that? Or way, it sounds like way more complex than that. It is miles more complex than that. So Alexa, Siri, Google Home, they're good generation one analogies where you ask it one thing. It, are, are they it, using the NX1A or B? That's the question, right? <laughs> they, they will be using the NX1A. Okay. Oh, <laughs> okay. okay. Well played. Well played. <laughs> yeah, so this is way more intense than me saying what time is it or what's the weather to Alexa. Way more contact. Way, way, yeah, way more It sounds it. Awesome. Yeah. Because in this situation too, I mean, you end up with a huge number of situations where you don't have all the information you need from the customer. So in that situation, the AI is actually dynamically generating anywhere between one and 10 follow-up questions that it has to ask you to be able to just complete the core order and submit it. So you're carrying huge amounts of context. You have colloquialisms, you have local slang, local dialects, right. mm -hmm. all of that has to flow to the system and you have to do each component in a couple hundred milliseconds and you have to be just as fast overall as an employee and you need to raise average you know check sizes and you got to make sure you show up for every shift so it's it's uh, almost like pressing the system into a diamond you're getting pressure from every single angle to make yep. this singularly perfect product to solve this very complex problem whenever i ask alexa anything by the way 
it always follows up with, do you need more toilet paper or more paper towels for some reason? It's always like, oh, you know, it's time for more toilet paper. That, that's just I mean, based. I just wanted to throw that out there. That, that's just well, based. you know, we're, we're, we're the start of that flow, if you will, when we're like, hey, do you want an extra apple pie? Right, right, right. Okay. They always, Alexa's always upselling me after I ask the weather. Okay. Toilet paper. Uh, I was going to say that's just based on your your, your household's uh, constant ordering. Uh, they, yeah, exactly. Their predictive analytics guesses that anytime you speak to Alexa's chat, your home wants more toilet paper. All right, listen. Um, we we used to shots used to play an imaginary drinking game it wasn't always imaginary uh so we went to trade shows which is whenever someone would mention the word delivery uh we, we would joke that our table had to do a shot because um the fact is delivery people were obsessed uh in the hospitality tech space with delivery therefore the uh this this drinking game would lead to some very intoxicated audience <laughs> members um if if this game has resurfaced uh but this time um we really believe the key word right now in the market is labor and you highlighted it I, I don't appreciate that i'm the finance guy and you're, you're you're taking the numbers away from me but i will reiterate and share that we we agree there are, are literally 1.7 million unfulfilled hospitality positions in this country and one in six job postings is for restaurant industry specifically so can yep. you share how valiant is doing its part to help operators and employees during what is no joke a hr crisis yeah, I mean, we had one franchisee literally call us up at like nine o'clock at night saying, how quickly can we get this in the other restaurants? She was like, I see no light at the end of the tunnel right now from a labor standpoint. She's like, this is the only thing that I see that can help take pressure off of our staff. I mean, we had one restaurant where we were going live and, you know, your traditional QSR will have anywhere between four, five, six people on staff. There were two people that showed up that day. So it is an absolute existential crisis to the restaurant industry right now because what happens in that situation not only are you short staffed but you are causing an unimaginable amount of stress for those two employees who did show up and the other massive challenge right now in the industry is you're looking at 150 to 300 percent annual turnover and so when you put people in those types of very stressful situations guess what they're not going to stick around very long so if you can do things to make their lives easier although it'll be still hard to find people it'll at least be easier to then retain people at that point. So we had one restaurant that we turned this AI on at a few weeks ago, and the employees were literally cheering when we turned on the technology. And they were saying, we never have to talk to customers again. And I was like, whoa, settle down. That is not true. Like You still have to interact with customers at the window. Um, but they were very excited to have this automation in their restaurant. And they've turned into, as a group, the biggest proponents for this technology because it does fundamentally make their lives and their jobs easier. Well, that's that's incredible. So let's talk now because anytime you bring in new tech, new innovation, you got you know AI, robotics, the things we're talking about, anytime you bring this in, it's always difficult for one side. Everyone doesn't always get it. I remember when um, – when pay at the table, years and years ago, we were trying to bring it pay at the table and just, you know, it just wasn't there yet. And the customers weren't, the, 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 our servers were, were loving the idea and the customers just were like, well, I'd pay at the table. What are you talking about? I, I, just no way. So when it comes to, 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 to this technology, is it being embraced by the customers at the drive through No problem. Or are they like, well, I don't want to talk to this Holly. This doesn't sound like a person. Is, 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 is that okay? Or is that a headwind there? Or is it, 
are the employees embracing it? No problem. Or are they like, wait a minute, they're going to get rid of me. You're replacing me. I, I don't want to do this. Like, are you seeing any headwinds or is everybody embracing this? Are the employees saying this is great? This helps me out. This makes my job easier. And are the customers saying this is great? This this makes my life and my drive through experience better. Like what what do you see on both sides? It was a two-part question. Yeah, the employees <laughs> and the operators are obviously huge proponents for this technology because it benefits. They're not thinking, "Oh, you're, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have a job next week after no. Holly takes my job." No, not at all. Nobody wants to okay. work the window. I mean, that's a very hard job to do because half your time is spent taking orders, forty percent of your time is processing payments. Well, I've seen pictures; people are jumping through, like grabbing people, like yanking them out that they didn't get the right burger or something. So I could see why. Yeah, uh, it was a good thing yeah. wearing a mask that day. Otherwise, you would have been in trouble. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, I can see that. It's definitely, it's a huge challenge, right? And we're also talking about, remember, effectively every restaurant is at least somewhat understaffed. And Mm -hmm. so the employee's not saying, oh, this is going to take my job. The employee's saying, thank God I don't have to do nine jobs today. I can just focus on doing four jobs today. So we're not automating a position. We are automating a task and we are taking a time-consuming task that is usually shared amongst all the employees off their plate. And so now they can focus on making food. They can focus on the in-person interactions with customers at the window, processing payment, and it makes the whole process flow easier. Now, if there is headwinds, I would say it's definitely from a small majority of customers that use the system. And I think we can use something like self-checkout as an analogy, right? If you go to a grocery store, some percentage of customers are going to prefer self-checkout. Some percentage are going to prefer in person and the vast majority just want whatever is faster and will pick lines based on where they don't have to wait. And I, I, by the way, I love the self checkout, like at CVS, they have it, except for when it says like, help is on the way, help is on the yeah. way. Like it starts blinking. I'm like, I didn't do it. I mean, that. And you know, that's why I'm like, you know, this would be a lot easier, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I love the self. Jimmy, do you like the self checkout? I love it. If I can use it. No, I love it. But I, I have no issue with the self checkout, but then again, I'm not sticking lifesavers in my pockets and trying to steal candy shots. That's where you get. <laughs> whoa, whoa, hey, hey, <laughs> what do you say? That's where you get in trouble. Um, oh, is that, so it it's not the, the self checkout. It's the, it's the detector, the door, the metal yeah. detector, knowing that I stole something. <laughs> It's, it's saying that it's saying that they they don't have a get a candy bar free with your with your purchase uh, with your purchase of toilet paper. So that's the so self checkout. You actually have to pay. For, I had no idea. Every item, every that's, item. That makes a lot of sense, Jimmy. Okay, now I understand what's going on. So it is like self checkout with what you're doing. Then, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And it's just taking pressure off the staff and the employees that did show up. And so I think you know really the challenge is, is it's an element of communication with the customers. I think. On its face, they don't really care and they don't mind. I think there is a nice but misguided sense of loyalty to the employees where they think, oh, if I hate this thing, the bad operator will take it out and the employees won't lose their job. Not realizing that the employees are the biggest advocates. They are chronically understaffed and they are constantly being asked to do five, six, seven things simultaneously and they just desperately need help. I'll tell you. Help is on the way. Listen, um, there's no question, Rob, and, and your company is a leader in the space, um, that AI has has grown by leaps and bounds. Um, but despite that, you know, clearly there's still, you know, there's a lot of learning or there's still a steep uh, learning curve, for example, of how to deal with short talk and accents, which you highlighted. Um, and I guess we're still a little ways away from moving to the point where call centers will no longer be needed um, or rather will be playing backups. But I guess that is that's kind of the goal. So what are your thoughts? 
on the timeline for these tech upgrades and the roadmap you see for not just Valiant, but for the conversational uh, AI um, that, 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 that Valiant is leading and building? Yeah, I mean, I think for this kind of subcategory of the market, if you will, I think 2021 was an important year for proving out the use case. There's maybe at most 10 to 20 locations that are live basically across all of us in this space that are taking orders across the country. I would expect that to be in the 500 to 1,000 range next year and then the 2,000 to 6,000 range in 2024. So this technology is coming. I think it is at a place where it is scalable and a lot of franchisees and restaurants are starting to adopt this technology. And I think there's a real risk for some brands that if they don't get on this, they are going to miss a huge opportunity especially if you're saying that 70 to 90% of your business is coming through drive-through and with the flip of the switch, you can drive top line revenue by 20%. I mean, there's no other technology out in the market that can do something like that for you overnight while also plugging this significant gap in the labor market for you. Unbelievable. I got to tell you, really super exciting stuff. So listen, last question before we move on to some other stuff. We got to get some breaking news on this podcast because that's what people expect. They listen to this because they want breaking news. What can you tell us? What is in the pipeline? What is happening at Valiant? Can you give us any insight? A couple of brands you're working with. Are you signing any big deals? What's happening out there? What chains are using Valiant? Who just signed up? What can you tell us? Give me some breaking news. Very subtle, chat. It's very subtle. I like it. I like it. Look, I mean, like I said, pretty much every major brand needs to be adopting this technology or looking. We know who needs to, but who has? That's the question. Can we get some names? Uh, We unfortunately still are not allowed to give out names. I think. Can I make up a name? You could definitely make up a name. Go for it. Burger King has signed on, Jimmy. (laughs) Wendy's, Burger King, McDonald's, and Chick-fil-A are now using Valiant. Look at that. Breaking news, Jimmy. And we're already at 10,000 locations. Perfect. And 10,000 locations. Jimmy, breaking news. My job here is done. I think I can go home for the day. We had had one hell of a podcast. We accomplished a lot today. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) indeed. Um, Look, we with uh, a chain that's close to 1,000 units, we've landed a master services agreement that does allow us to go out and sell and sign up all their franchisees. As so far a thousand as, unit chain as far in the as, United States of America. Yep. And as far that as we is know, selling hamburgers, are they selling hamburgers? I can't give you any more details. You see what I did there, Jimmy? You see what I did there, Jimmy? in trouble. <laughs> he, read, he, read, he, read through, he read through it though, Shatz. You, you tried right, it's not pizza. It's not pizza. You tried to trip him up. All right, Chats. Yeah, right, let's let's cut let's cut Rob a break. We're trying. All right, all right. We're not, not getting we're, anything we're, out of Rob today. We're not we're not investigative journalists here. Okay, listen, um, Rob. It turns out that while we started uh, this podcast because we enjoy uh, bringing friends and and guests onto the show and asking the questions, we also learned along the way that our guests sometimes have questions for us. So let's kick off our talking back where we offer the, our guests uh, the chance to ask us uh, any question they like. Nothing is off the table. The microphone is yours. What do you guys see as the biggest opportunities and challenges managing the relationships between franchisees and franchisors? Because we've found that to be a very interesting part of the world. That's a fantastic question. It really is. And particularly because it goes to the restaurant guy, Mr. Yeah, I mean, listen, 
I, you know, I, listen, I mean, we don't have any franchise operation. We own all our stores. But to my understanding of my many years in the business and speaking to franchise operators on both sides, the franchise or the franchisees, I will say it seems that one problem, it seems, is that the franchise, the franchisor, it wants the franchisees to adopt and embrace certain tech. And that requires sometimes a lot of investment in both uh, in both capital on on time, on money, and and HR, et cetera. And I think sometimes the the operators of these stores um, are, are pushing back that maybe it should just stay business as usual. Why am I doing this? I, I you know, I don't, I, you know, my business is fine. I don't need this. Every, you know, is this really going to help me? Am I going to increase my sales? That seems to be a lot of friction is trying to sell the franchise operators that this tech is necessary for you to continue to grow, to increase your bottom line, be more efficient, et cetera. And I find that to be, um, a contentious point. Well done, Shatsy. I got to tell you, pretty, 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 pretty good. Pretty, um, pretty good. And despite being the finance guy, I would like to contribute something to to that of question. Of course, Jimmy. Um, if you didn't contribute, I would, I'd, I'd be very upset. Yeah, just just some of my own learnings. Um, spending as much time as I have in the weeds of this space, um, and and like most relationships, you you can't um, you know uh, paint them all with a single brush or, or stroke. Um, the relationship between franchisor and franchisee really d is different um, across so many enterprises that we've seen. And one of my observations, and I think it'll play into this conversation, is a lot of innovation has actually taken place at the grassroots or at the franchisee level. Um, and you can go back to the filet of fish, you know, being a created at the uh, the franchisee for McDonald's. You can go back to the, the foot long, $5 foot long, five, right? $5 foot long was created uh, at the franchise, franchisee level. And one of the things we're seeing in the tech and innovation space is that some of the, where the better relationships exist um, between the, uh, the owners uh, or the franchise or the franchisee, we're actually seeing some leaning on the franchisees to be the ones to be the first one over the wall, test, try, um, and gain that kind of intel from the grassroots and bring it up. So it doesn't work for every enterprise. It's not the relationship that exists between each franchisor and each franchisee. But I'll tell you, there is no question that a lot of innovation seems to be, certainly now in the tech space as well, is coming from the franchisees. So I really encourage anyone that was listening, um, tell your franchisees, empower them to go out and actually start to test and try and, and I'll give them that kind of uh, you know uh, flexibility or agility and you'll find there are great there's great value to come up up the food chain if you give them that so there's my two cents but I got to tell you we've seen a lot of great companies work uh, franchisors work with their franchisees in that really in that manner and it's and it's created div it's paid dividends for them all right Jimmy, my is it cents. true that you came up with a drive-through idea yes or no uh, absolutely not. Okay. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, no. I thought yeah. Jimmy came up with that idea. No, nah, no. Nah, I was, I was, I'm a more, I'm a, I'm, I, I subscribe to Joe Pesci's theory about drive throughs. And if you don't know Joe Pesci's theory, go watch Lethal Weapon or Lethal Weapon 2. Okay. Crystal Ball moment. Now it's time. Here we go. Crystal Ball. For all our guests, uh, Rob, we're going to ask you to put on your, uh, their, your Kreskin or Miss Cleo hat. Predict the future. The future. Two years from now, how do you see restaurants and dining? in relation to hospitality and tech. Restaurants and dining, two years from now, in relation to hospitality and technology. 
Holly's working in every restaurant in America. <laughs> you mean our future overlord? You have to start somewhere. <laughs> Look, I was actually going to ask you guys a not too dissimilar question about where you viewed things. You got your chance, buddy. You asked your question. It's, it's, it's our podcast. You got your question. You asked it. Now Jimmy asks. <laughs> it's your world, man. I'm just living in it, buddy. <laughs> no, look, he, here's my point is I don't see an immediate solution to these labor challenges. I think they are going to continue. We saw them at 700 to 800,000 unfilled positions before COVID, and we thought that was really bad. And now it's doubled since COVID has hit. So I don't have a, a clear view of how this labor situation gets better. I'm not saying that Valiant will solve it, but I do think in general, tech will play a significant role in solving it. I was going to ask you guys as well, kind of a question around delivery, you know, as you guys were taking shots and playing your game. I mean, that's a business model that as far as I've heard is still effectively unprofitable. And so there has to be some changes there. And so I think we're going to start to see more automation around delivery. And there is a lot of very real work going into that right now. We will see more automation around the customer service interactions. And although it's still also early, I would expect to start seeing more of the in-restaurant robotics. And that could be things like Miso Robotics and Flippy, you know, that's being tested at White Castle mm -hmm. right now. That could be something like Chowbotics. Being in the restaurant tech space, I'm meeting a lot of people that are working on these types of solutions. I don't know in the beginning there's going to be one end-all, be-all but I think we're going to start seeing different companies coming up and they're going to be automating and working to solve different problems in the restaurant so that in two years in my crystal ball, restaurants can start to be run more effectively with a more limited staff that reflects the reality of the hiring environment. I, th I thought that was awesome. And I know Shatz is so excited to jump into the best segment of the of the hangout on every single episode is this quick fire but i just want to comment because rob i think what you said there was really important the, we we agree with you we think the labor game has been lost it's it's uh and i know that sounds defeatist but the fact is um there's never been a decade where i haven't felt we were falling behind in in that part of the market and mm -hmm. at this point um, I, I essentially feel it's over. And by that, I mean is we're going to have to figure out, like so many other industries have done, how to quite simply remove um, as uh, human capital or remove some of the human capital out of the store, let the human capital in the store really become guest ambassadors and 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 really, um, really promote the guest experience and automate as many of these tasks as possible. You're taking on one of the, I think, one of the biggest challenges in, in voice AI, uh, but you're going to see more more robotics. You mentioned uh, Miso and our friends uh, who run the Flippy. Uh, you, you mentioned, um, we will mention things like self-poor solutions, which would empower the guests. Shatsy mentioned earlier the BYOD, bring your own device, order and pay. These are all the different pieces of automation and robotics. Some of them really complicated, some of them really expensive, some of them not so much. But at the end of the day, you're going to see a theme and it's going to be about reduction of labor because this is over and now the embracement of tech and innovation is going to have to, going to, have to uh, be there. Chats, I know I spoke too long. I know you're upset with no, me. No, no, no. I was just thinking, I can't wait to sit at a restaurant and have Rosie from the Jetsons just come over and serve me. Remember Rosie? Rosie. Rosie. Yeah, Rosie <laughs> from the Jetsons just come over and just bring me whatever I want. Hey, man, go they've, back. they've got them in Japan. They have these little, like, adorable four-foot-tall robots that go back to the kitchen, get your food, and then drive <laughs> it out to your table. 
Well, I got to tell you, that's a perfect opportunity to go right into the Brandon Quickfire. Are you ready, Rob? I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions. Don't think too hard. Give us the first answer that comes to your mind. Rob, are you ready? Yes. If you were to pick any celebrity, dead or alive, to have as your <laughs> AI hologram assistant, who are you choosing? Mm, Natalie Portman. Hmm, Natalie Portman. Excellent. Where are you getting dinner from tonight? Uh, I'm at a conference right now, so probably a buffet table. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Those conference buffets are delicious. <laughs> what is your favorite food city in the world? Denver. I'm totally biased. I think Denver's got a spectacular up-and-coming scene. It's not as well-known as a place like New York, but there are some really phenomenal chefs in Denver making incredible food. Thanks. I'm sure there are, but I'm going to say you are the first guest in five seasons to say Denver. Heck Look yeah, at man. Jimmy. Everybody's, is that breaking news, Jimmy? That everybody's got to be original, buddy. Yes. That is breaking news. <laughs> you got Denver. Your news. You got your news, Shatsy. Favorite food city in the world. Where is your favorite place to travel, Denver? Did you say Denver again? <laughs> well, that, was, that was me. That was me, everybody. Oh, that, was that, was, me. that was a little that bit of me. an echo. Um, <laughs> my favorite place is Fiji. So I'm a certified scuba diver, and it is the you best. You redeemed yourself, by the way, with Fiji over the, the Denver, the best food city. No offense <laughs> to Denver. Um, <laughs> hey, you're going to get a lot of heat on that Denver, by the way. Denver Why are you picking on Denver? Denver? I don't know. I don't know. I just <laughs> never heard someone say his favorite food city was Denver. You know, <laughs> Fiji's a good one for favorite place to travel, though. Hey, listen, if you were to challenge Jimmy or I, to a game of rock, paper, scissors. Who would you have better odds of beating? Jimmy. Oh, whoa. What do you, right, just Jimmy like that? I, I, I didn't even get a chance to think. With authority. <laughs> With authority. Wow, final, final answer? Final answer. Final answer, Jimmy. Are you not good at rock, Jimmy? You know, I saw that question and I was thinking to myself, do I want to be chosen as the person to beat or, or not the person to beat? I got to tell you, I'm OK with being chosen, chosen the person to beat. I think Rob thought of all the games that he could beat uh, me at. He chose one that was admittedly a little simpler. I think if it was any game of more skill than that, he was choosing you as the answer. Starting I with agree. checkers. He, if the question was checkers, I think he was choosing you. But okay. I agree. Well, he'd probably, he'd probably have Holly play if it was checkers. I, he'd have Holly I was just there. worried you were going to pick arm wrestling and I thought you'd hurt me. So I was going to a simple one. <laughs> well, yeah, that <laughs> was a good point. Good point. All right, guys, listen, Rob, we want to thank you so much for joining us uh, and sharing your great insights uh, on the podcast today. Uh, we appreciate your hard work for the industry. You are taking on some big challenges and you're doing great things. And we can't wait to hear the big news you have coming up on the uh, multi-unit operator. Um, and we, we, we look forward to uh, making sure our, our listeners know about that. If you Is want it to get White Castle? Is it White Castle? Moving on. Uh, if, if, if you want to get in touch with Rob directly. I plead the fifth. <laughs> you, you can email us at podcast at brandedstrategic.com, and we'd be happy to make that introduction for you. Uh, to our listeners, and this is heartfelt and sincere, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to tune in with us. Uh, we know there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, uh, and the fact you choose to hang out with us, um, it means a lot. And and Chatsy, it's, it's really hard to believe that we're wrapping up. Uh, this is our final episode of season five uh unlike your favorite tv shows which take a lengthy hiatus uh we ain't that uh we ain't that special um we're coming right back we'll be back with season six starting next week wait a minute uh, i gotta speak to my agent this is ridiculous now uh, we're kicking next off we're not week we are at 22 baby shatsy enjoy your festivities for new year's you know not you know be safe and then you know make sure you uh you you come to work ready to play because we are kicking off next week oh, first God. episode season six 
2022. We already, we already have a great lineup of guests, including Alonzo Castaneda from the Savory Restaurant Fund, Stephen Kamali from the Hospitality House, uh, Lindsay Hull uh, from Dispatch Goods, and many, many wow, more. Those are, some be, big, those are some big names, some good stuff over there. Interesting. It, it's going to be a great season. Hey, so, Jimmy, before we wrap this up, can I just, can I just, you know, Rob was kind enough to give a great offer. And I think that oh, everyone listening would like to know the offer. Oh, uh, I didn't, yeah. I was unaware of that. Yes. Well, Rob was probably unaware of it as well. But uh, Rob has agreed to the first 100 callers or anyone who emails us, they will get their very own AI Holly installed in their home to do any type of uh, any any type of tasks in their home. So you can just sit at the table and you can just order and Holly brings it out somehow. I don't know I don't know how it works, but I all I know is first 100 callers get Holly AI in their house to use uh, voice enabled uh, order yeah, in their home. And quick, call now while the lines are still open cuz it's going to go fast. Yes, the <laughs> lines are still open, so call right now. <laughs> And you and, and use order code Rob Carpenter. Well, you can't you can't beat that now, can you? Look at that finishing the season five, uh, the finale with with a big gift, a big uh, gift. Uh, yes, please call now. Um, that's it, guys. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any of the exciting guests we have coming uh, in season six. Or better yet, invite a friend to hang out with us the next time. Uh, until then. This is Jimmy Frishing, your finance guy, giving a hearty thank you to Mr. Rob Carpenter from Valiant and passing it to my boy Shatsy to bring us to a close. I'm going to go one more. Is it McDonald's? <laughs> All right. He's not telling us, Jimmy. We're getting nothing. Hey, listen, thank you, Rob. Thanks, everybody, uh, for joining us the Hospitality Hangout. This is Shatsy, a.k.a. Restaurant Guy, signing off. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Thank you.